Oh my God, we're live. Here we are. This is our first podcast, Jacqueline. I mean, first first hosting, first hosting of a podcast. Yeah. Let's not call ourselves amateurs here. Definitely not amateurs. We've done this many times. We've sat in many weird offices and many phone calls with people we've never met before, but we've met. We you and I other. have met. That's yeah. true. So for those who are listening, which is to be determined, my name is Scott. I'm Jack. And we are the co-founders of State Bags. <laughs> Not rehearsed. I finally nailed that. And How I told many her, times you teed that I, up for me? I said, I don't think we need to rehearse. I think we're just going to roll with it. And she was not happy about the I like a foundation. Yeah. She wants the foundation. She wants, there's, what was the word you just used? Um, I, I said structure. Well, there's no structure. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like me. So um, we're calling it, remind me why I built this with a question mark. And the reason why we thought that that would be a fitting podcast for us is that, first of all, we've listened to many Guy Raz's podcasts, which is called why I built this, right? How, many, how I how built many, this. How, sorry, how I built this. How many of those You're do you think you've listened to? <laughs> I faded a little bit. It got frustrating. Um, a, like enough to probably like give me an ulcer. Right. So we started thinking about it and, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is, is a real roller coaster. And we didn't feel like there was a lot of podcasts out there that really spoke to the true ups and downs of, you know, starting a business, founding a business, and doing it with your spouse occasionally, which some people are crazy enough to do. And we wanted to just create a show or a safe space where founders could come on of all different types of companies, nonprofit organizations. We're going to talk to a lot of different people. And just have real conversations about the trials and tribulations of starting a business and just real talk. And it'll be fun and it'll be hilarious. And there'll be a lot of, you know, up and down moments and stories. But we just wanted to, you know, create that space where we could tell some of our stories and other people could share theirs and it could serve as inspiration for other people who are crazy enough to start their own business. And that's why we're calling it. Remind me why I built this? Yeah, with that voice inflection as well, you have to. Yeah, like a little nasally and questionable, right? So like, remind me why I built this? You know, you have to and squint your eyes a little bit. So we're excited about it. We have a big guest list. And I know that the last thing the world needs right now is another podcast. <laughs> but we think this is different. And we think that we're different. And we're excited about doing this. Right, Jacqueline? We sure are. So... We just hope that the microphone is working, um, and we hope that we sound good. And we're going to bring in our very first guests, who are very special to us. And so we have not only unbelievable entrepreneurs, um, yeah, but our very, very, very good friends who we haven't known for a long time. We probably walked by each other in Brooklyn thousands of times. We both relocated for COVID reasons and ended up being miles away from each other and pretty much inseparable. So their names are Michael and Lisa Fine, and they are from the company Quiet Town. 
Talk about it. You know, it's interesting. You spend a lot of time in your bathroom, do you not, as humans? (laughs) You're not supposed to come in yet. No, but this is, no, this is good. This is good. We're talking about you right now, but pretend you're not here, and then we're going to pull you in. We're live, though. We're live. I'm going to talk about you now. Yeah, pretend they're not here. So I'm going to. I was. What I was going to say is that as like people, we spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Sometimes we're hiding. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're showering. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're doing lots of other things mm-hmm. and it needs to be a beautiful space to yeah. live in. And I feel like it's almost forgotten in some ways because we go to these places and we just are like, oh, let's just get a white bath, bath mat. Let's just get like a striped shower curtain and it'll be all great. But these people have taken the shower curtain, bath mat, the towel, the towel hook. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to the next level. I love their towels. And have made the most beautiful accessories for your bathroom that you will ever see. Mm-hmm. Period. Boom. Mm-hmm. Full stop. So, without further ado, we're gonna now we're just gonna bring them in because let's see let's see if they're here. Oh, they're here. What's up, guys? I never noticed how good your teeth look on camera. They're just. We have the setting where you look the best you could all the way up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. That setting. filter, the filter called looking your best is turned all yeah, the way absolutely. up. I don't have it. it does, for some reason it's not it working on this screen. side. I can see that. The- it actually makes Scott look pastier. <laughs> oh, maybe you're wearing the not to plug it, but the I essentials. I, I fucking padded that on. To, I pressed it. Uh, I pressed it. It's not okay. Yeah, okay. We're going to have to put it. We're going to have to put an E symbol now on this podcast because you just dropped an F-bomb. So now maybe we'll open up a whole new audience. Oh, dude. The E setting was a There's given. no Quiet Town story without a lot of fuck shit. You guys, I actually um. just edited my Instagram post about this podcast. And right when we were like, like, like inadvertently not supposed to be signing on, but we did sign on, I was, editing, I was editing the word fuck out of the post actually because i was thinking maybe for your audience fuck's not okay i well, think we should a, name the this episode not a family show oh. well here's the good news guys michael and lisa fine from quiet okay. <laughs> is that is that our microphone's probably not working <laughs> so every, we're probably gonna have to redo this you know anyway which is a good segue guys how does it feel to be our first mm-hmm. podcast guest I mean, on remind me what well we just actually Got the inflection before you came on. It's not remind me why I built this. It's remind me why I built this. It has to be a little nasally <laughs> and a little bit like question, real questionable. Yeah. We're just yeah. going to be the biggest messes. I was like, Lisa, we have to be on remind me why we built this. <laughs> remind me why I built this? Yeah. You're like, I think it's with Guy Roz's son or something. I don't know. I know. Lisa told me how I built this. How I was like, we, we made it. She's like, no, no, remind me why I'm building this. I'm like, wait, what? Um, okay, let's get to business. Yes. Because if there's one thing that we do really well, it's just talk business. We don't, there's no tangents. Right. Everything is serious. You know we, we are get- actually going to be on how I built this right after this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big day. <laughs> Especially if you want to snooze. You know? Actually, speaking speaking of podcasts and speaking of something, of voices, 
I just want to throw it back to one of my favorite impressions because we're doing a podcast. Hey, it's Michael. <laughs> if anybody who listens to <laughs> the daily, here's what else that you need to know is, today. Here's what else you need to know that, today. Here's what else. You here's what today. else you need to know. All right, guys. I have an actual question for you. We have a list of 79 questions, and I want to ask the first one. You ready? You're asked the question, like, you know, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. And, like, you know, we'd like to, you know, hear about your story and all this stuff, which we'd love to hear. But we would like to kind of spin it for this particular podcast by you telling us, remind us why you built Quiet Town and, like, what was the real reason? What was the moment that you decided, like, we're really good at what we do, and we think we could start a business, and we think it could actually be a beautiful thing? So remind, yeah, we're still remind yourself. We're still I don't think that conversation of we're really good at what well, we that's do here. ever happened. I know. <laughs> I said to myself, it's not going to be a therapy session. It's not going to be a therapy session. <laughs> it kind of is. Go ahead. I'll let you start. Well, um, I think the reason why I started Quiet Town, why we started Quiet Town, no, well, you for started me, it. I think we have two different answers to that question. Definitely. But for <laughs> me, um, so I was working in fashion for 20 years and there were, I was in a great company working with the smartest people and learning so much and everyone was so good at what they did and they were all trying to figure out how to make something that was already beautiful, even more beautiful. How do we reinvent this? And how do we reinvent that? And how do we get someone to be into this and buy this? Blah, blah, blah. And it was no, it was just like this very busy, already figured out world that I was kind of living in and working in in fashion. And I didn't have my own story to tell. And one thing that I figured out was while I was trying to like get into to sleep, my our oldest kid who you know very well, um, and he didn't sleep for like two and a half years. And I would like just daydream about shower curtains while I was like up in the middle of the night all night long. And as one does, because as one does before podcasts, <laughs> by the way, which I knew this company would not exist if podcasts. What did you watch? Like all seasons of, um, Oh, breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> so, oh my God. Anyways, I think the reason why I started quiet home was because I found this thing, shower curtains and bath mats, that nobody else gave a shit about. And they were ubiquitous and they weren't beautiful and they weren't inspired. And it was this like little corner of the world that only I really felt like I cared. Like I was the only person in my head that cared about this tiny little forgotten no, ubiquitous was, part of the world. It wasn't just in your head. <laughs> 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 and I wanted to make this like banal everyday thing beautiful, but I did it for me. It was like this like personal project. I never thought it was going to be this like company. I never thought about it as like a brand or a company. I just wanted to make this thing that nobody else gave a shit about, but me beautiful. Mm. I think also just to like add to Lisa's story, cause I, I have to, is that I think, Lisa historically is like the underdog. And I think that it made so much sense that she would want to make something that like no one really gave a shit about. Like in all seriousness, like people didn't talk about shower curtains. It was all about like, you know, upgrading to that glass door. You know, it was like, 
not wanting a shower curtain, I think, in, in the world. And obviously we knew a lot of people couldn't do that, didn't have the opportunity to do that. So I think it was like, it just made so much sense that she would try to make something that was so hard and like in a market that no one cared about. So I think that that, I just like to add that because it's very telling of, I think to me, we've been together so long and kind of personally says. Um, right. I mean, Lisa's the best, wait. but wait, Lisa, I have a question for you. What did the first quiet town shower curtain look like and how did you make it? And then also like, how did anybody else know about it? Because it was in your home and in your bathroom. The first quiet town shower curtain in my head or the first shower curtain that <laughs> first shower curtain that ever came So to basically the, um, so I was a stylist for Madewell for like a million years and we, um, we would be on set and I had these amazing tailors on set with us all the time, just like working with the clothes so that they look perfect. Sorry guys, that happens. And um, I had this this thing in my head that I saw and so I found the canvas and I found the grommets and I went to Sophia, our tailor, and I drew this thing and she made it for us. She made the first oh shower on, on set it made well. I paid for it separately, by the way. Um, so it, was, it was color blocked. It still exists. That this style, the first style ever from my brain and from the set and from the world of Quiet Town still exists. It's called the Orient. It's color blocked. It's natural on top, natural like non-dyed um, canvas on top and then a color on the bottom. And then the other style that we also launched with was called the Narlai, which isn't on our site anymore. And um, it was like a bunch of concentric kind of like squares like inside of itself, quilted and crazy colors and um, so those were the two styles that we launched with. So, but how did it get to be that you, did you tell people like, oh, I'm doing this and like, do you, do you want one? Should I make one for no, you? No, it didn't start like that at all. Basically, um, you know, that's like, so Maker's Row was like the place we went to after Sophia made this first prototype. We found Maker's, <laughs> Maker's Row, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. And um, found this factory in Atlanta and we made like the minimum quantities, right? And um, like well, I think it was like fifty curtains. No, but I think like back up because we had made I think some samples of a bunch of colors. And being that I'm a photographer, oh sorry, yes, you right? Because we put up like a splash page, and which had nothing on it basically, just like a song that was a big inspiration for the name of the company, and then and like maybe just like some inspirational photograph. And then we started an Instagram page that was mostly like inspirational stuff, and then. I went out with my assistant, an old like assistant of mine, um, mm -hmm. to the beach. We took a bunch of shower curtains, and I was like, "I have no idea what we're doing, but like, let can you just like come with me for the day and shoot these shower curtains?" And we set up basically like with fishing line and buckets of sand. We created like we made them stand up basically. It was so beautiful. I don't. Did you create your camera that day and just use it? That was a different day. That was a different day. And. Um, <laughs> That was a different day. Uh, and um, and then we just went out and took a bunch of really pretty pictures on the beach and set up and put them up online. And I think people were just oh, like. I, and, then, and then, yeah, into the gloss. Joanna also. Into the gloss, we found out about it. Business. And they were like, we're going to launch. We're going oh, to plug right. Quiet Town in this story about bathrooms on April 5th, 2016. And I was like, I guess that's the day we're launching. But also you know, we had taken oh this, this Narlai that Lisa's talking about in these bright pinks. That was like really what people, the first thing people saw were these bright pink, this bright pink shower curtain. It was natural, but it had all this really poppy pink. And actually we had this place we loved, this like marsh 
lands in Brooklyn that we loved where we would take these nature walks because I was dragging everybody out into nature anytime we had an opportunity. And we have, I mean, we have pictures, it's amazing, of this shower curtain with Lisa and Indy like holding it and all this like beautiful grasses and light and me taking a picture. And that was one of the first pictures that people saw too. And I think people were like, holy crap. And we were like, it's a shower curtain. That's amazing. Going into this marshland in Brooklyn, you know, was just another way to tell the story of like, you can carve out your quiet town no matter where you live. You don't need to live like in the most like scenic, quiet, like, you know, inspirational place in the world to like have a moment of peace. Like you can find it wherever you are, even in the the craziness of the city. That was always their thing. It's like, you know, we are like nature people, but we lived in the city so long. And it was always about finding what to us felt like our quiet town, which was like that peace and quiet within the middle of this like crazy city. So then, so, so it really just like sort of happened, right? Like, like, I wonder if you weren't, if you didn't get that piece, like, would you have gone as far as Oh, you yeah, had? I think. We would have, yeah, but I think I, we wouldn't have had that launch date, no. for sure. Like, but it I would have been some other. Also. Like, Maybe we would, would have waited a lot longer. Like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. You know, like, you always think that there's, like, something else you should be doing to make it right and make it ready. But sometimes oh, yeah. you get yeah. yeah. thrown out. What was it? April 5th, 2019? 2016. Oh my God, 2016. So on April 5th, 2016, were you like, what the fuck is happening? So we were like, you know what it was? Like, Like, nothing is happening. (laughs) We were like on this amazing, like really important for like a beauty world blog. And we were like, cricket, cricket. Well, because we We had a huge launch. And then what really happened was our friend Joanna, who has Cup of Joe, so she posted this, like, you know, like those, she has like, you know, what, what's happening this weekend? Oh yeah. Yeah. We got to hit on one of There's no image. There's nothing. It's just like, right. Her link was just like cool shower hyperlinks. And then all of a sudden we looked at Shopify and we're like, why are 30,000 people like looking at our site right now? How <laughs> oh my is this God. happening? Oh my God. Same experience. So that is a bought it, moment. but they were just looking. No, I mean, I think also we went into the business with very low expectations, right? Like we had these careers we have these other things. It actually reminds me because I went to a trade show um, at the beginning. Lisa had her full-time job. I was freelance, which is also part of the story of like why we decided to do this, why I jumped in to help her. But I was like, okay, I'll go to the trade show. I have the time. I mean, a lot of the beginning was like I did a lot only because I had the time, not because I had the passion like Lisa did, truthfully. And uh, being freelance or whatever. And I remember talking to this designer that we admired. We'd see his, his stuff online and what he did. And we just really admired his business. And I was like, you should meet, you should introduce yourself, introduce yourself, which is so much more like her putting herself out there that way, not me. But I was like, no, you can do this, you can do this. So we're wa- I'm walking around the trade show and I went up and I introduced myself and he knew the brand. I think he knew we had just like kind of launched. And I just, being that I don't, like I talk a lot because I get nervous. I was like, well, you know, like, we're doing this on the side or whatever. Not to mean like, I don't care. It's just like, I have this other job. Like I don't, I can't afford to go. So he's like, and he looked at me like, F you man. Well, I have to make this happen, you know? Cause this is all I have. And I was like, no, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant it like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is just something that I'm, tr- we're trying out not to be like, well, you know, this is just fun for us. It was like, so we had no expectations is my point. Yeah. Right. We, right. we just were like, 
we have these other careers like could happen and like just another side like why I built it helped Lisa build it is because I had the time like I saw her working her butt off told super late every night the kids would go to bed and I was like laying there being like I don't know if I really care about shower curtains, truthfully, but like I do care about you and I believe in you and I know how creative you are and how driven you are. So being the kind of person I am, I was like, well, I'm not working tomorrow. I can like do some research. I can make some phone calls. So I think it just like pushed it along a little bit more. You know, I I am not the reason why it launched or why it is what it is today at all. I just like any able human being, I just helped make things happen. Because like now, so at first it started as the shower curtain, right? And you guys coined yourselves as the shower curtain people, which is brilliant because you're the shower curtain people. Um, but now like there's such an expansion of like what you offer. So like, when did it occur to you that you should have other products? And like, I think that this, this, I mean, I think the whole thing is brilliant. You guys know how I feel about it, but I think the shower hooks, are like so unique and special. Like, I think that that is an added piece that I don't think anyone considers. And I feel like when did, and how did that happen? Cause you worked with a jewelry designer to do that, Ooh, right? You did your research. Well, actually I didn't. I just know this shit. <laughs> because I'm, I'm such a, I am. I always tell you guys, I'm such a well, fan. I believe in it. So holy. So I think that well, basically, we were like, what are what are the things that like drive us crazy about? I don't know. Do you did you ever have like in your apartments like shower curtains? Just okay. So yes. So you, you know that feeling when you're like unhook. You know, there's like the ball ones that that slide yes. and and like from I'm, I'm small. I'm not the tall person. You're not a, a tall person. So like reaching the top of the to take them on and off, I would hold my breath. I felt like I was going to like asphyxiate myself. It's like there was this like elongation of my like innards that would happen when I was trying to reach the shower curtain hooks to like unhook them. And then my fingers would be bloody and like just, it was the worst You'd just be tired. You'd be like shaking your arms out halfway through. all the feeling in my limbs, like just to just to like change a shower curtain out. There's there's gotta be like, what the fuck? What is happening? This feels horrible. So like I knew that that was another thing that we could rewrite, right? That we could that we could redesign. And um, the S hook was the shape that I felt like I really wanted to go with. And um, I was at a trade show and uh, walking up to anybody and everybody who looked like they work with metal and just like asking them if I could talk to them and everyone said no. And then I went up to this jewelry designer um, at Javits Center and she said yes. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> really? You're like, now? And, yeah. and she was like, yes, now. Do yeah. You mean it? Um, her name is Grace Gao and uh, she lives in Seattle and she's so cool. And she worked with me on this for like six or seven months. She even helped me find the factory that we still work with today, who's in Missouri. And um, we like treated it like a piece of jewelry and we 
you know, I, I always thought they looked like a pair of earrings or something, you know, like the good ones. They do. From my, I mean, and the, and from my, my Miami, favorite. you know, like where I'm from. It's, it's because you can't hang a shower curtain, like a quiet town shower curtain on you anything. You can't, right? That. I always think that. They're like choking. It's like, they're like you've ruined it. Like, why did you buy this? Yeah, I agree. Like, go to Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I just want to say, I've mentioned this to you before, but one of my favorite movie characters of all time, Del Griffith from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Made a living on shower right. curtain rings. Store it away. I will. It's going to be great. It's going to go. It's going to get huge. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. So you you realize like you have a business, like you're getting traction. You're, you're soliciting random jewelry designers at trade shows. They're saying yes. You're getting press. Cup of Joe. All this stuff. Like you're getting a little momentum. It feels like you're like a real business. So bringing it back to the topic of this podcast like, what is the moment that you're like, something happens that either stops all that momentum in its tracks or puts you all the way back in reverse? Because we have one very specific one that like literally shut us down a month <laughs> into being in existence. But do you have anything? Like the backpack was ripping? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. you guys, we have so many. Actually, we both have lists made. Um, I don't even know where to start. I feel like every day is almost one of those moments still, honestly. Like, safe space. We have so many stories. Where do we begin? The first one is probably the first factory that we found. It was in Atlanta. And he said he would make our stuff. And then all of a sudden he was. Well, he was hardly that. But, but he, he, <laughs> he basically was <laughs> like. Actuality. So now that we see you're actually going to start this company and it's not just this like little hobby we were entertaining i know you forgot about it i'm gonna raise all your prices 35 percent because now i think i gotta take you seriously we that was like a week after we launched we put our big like 50 unit order in and we were like all right we're a real company now and they work they spent countless hours their team that lisa had really been designing with for months and months and months because you know he had this whole side of the business where he wanted to um, incubate like small businesses. He also made sex foam pillows. P.S. By the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. Right. A man of many pleasures. Um, but they had spent countless hours, like by the second, like coming up with how much these things should cost. We did a lot of work with we, this dude, we, and then all of a sudden we launched, and he was like, "Yeah, sorry, all that stuff that." Well, we were like, you you did that. We were like, you guys gave us the pricing. You created this based on your team. Like we just, whatever you said, we said, okay. They knew that we had like no money. We were literally like paying for this out of our pockets and stuff. And we lost our factory. Like the minute we launched the company, we lost our factory. Well, he gave us an ultimatum (laughs) and you guys can appreciate this more than anyone. It's like, I like, no, I'm not going to do business with just anybody. Like, it's not okay. I'm not just to do business. Like, no. that's not who we are. It's not how we ever want to be. Like, no, like I'm out. And that's actually really hard to, to draw that line in the sand early on because, you know, well, I mean, you were invested in a way with the 50 shower curtains, obviously, but like, it's hard to like, if you've locked into a supplier and you like, they know what you're doing and you, you know, you, you feel like you've made a formula with them and then they're like, they do something that totally turns you off and you're like, I have to start all over again. Like that's hard. I know. That's like a really it was, hard thing. It was, it was so deal. early on It would have been a deal with the devil that we weren't ready to make. And I don't think that we're, and I think yeah. actually that was the line in the sand that decided that we're never going to make. I was going to say, you guys should each say, close your eyes and think of how many 
moments you think you've had just like off the cuff like how many of those moments like you say a number and then michael say a number five thousand five hundred no there's definitely like five or six like i think immediate as we're talking that i'm remembering that come to mind that are like it was jack I but we have these you look at like every detail of every one of our products has failed us every step of the way every fucking thing we make so like we've literally had that moment with like every single thing we've ever made and had to like scrap you know like months and months of work just to just to find new factories find new suppliers find everything has been that moment honestly like i we made a shower curtain thinking speaking of um backpack stripping we made a shower curtain that you could not put in your shower (laughs) The wind, if water accidentally if water accidentally hit it, all the dye just fell out in the. And wait, I know Michael glazed over it before, but I think it's really worth noting again that Michael is by like trade a photographer, and now you've turned into this like catch all. Like you're doing the books, you're doing. I mean, of like a big business. Yeah, like a growing. Like baby, baby. big business that is like got a lot of customers and a lot of a lot of stuff. Momentum. Oh, like, Michael does all the things well, it's like, that like I can't do, and that's a lot of things. That's a which is a good and then, good for any aspiring entrepreneurs out there. Like that's a good thing to know that like sometimes you fall into a a situation and you're like my expertise is this, but like I'm way over here doing something completely off of that, and it's hard. Like I get that. It is hard. It is very hard. And it, it sometimes I know, like I say to Lisa, like I, it's your business is your business because it's like her passion, her baby. So for that reason, I think of it as like her business. Um, but I find that being that I've handled all the money and we've really never taken any money. I mean, we took like a, you know, small SBA loans, but like basically we've never taken any money. Like we started with these 50 units, we sold them, we bought a hundred. We sold those. We bought 200. I mean, that's really how we've grown the business. Um, and we're getting to a place right where that's changing. Cause you can't really, as people should know, it's almost impossible to really truly grow without taking money, obviously, um, at some point. But, um, being that I'm like the keeper of the money, it's, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot of weight to carry mm-hmm. because it's not, I'm not a financial person. Like I'm not a CFO. I, I never did this stuff before. I joked the other day. I was like, it's like, it's like going to a company and like the accounting person who cuts your check keeps making mistakes. And you're like, who fucking hired this guy? Who hired this guy? <laughs> and, and, you know, like I joked with Lisa, like when she worked at Mainwell and like they gave her a corporate phone and, you know, Lisa being Lisa, like, was on to, like, her fourth phone because one fell down the grading in the subway and one drops here. And, like, that's Lisa. And she'd always be like, oh, God, I can't go ask the guy again. Because Brian for a new Because he'd always be, like, roll his eyes and look at her. And I'm like, that's me, you know? Like, I'm the guy who's like. <laughs> and also, you should take a minute, though, to think about, like, having an IT department. Like, where you go back to oh my like, God. anytime something's messed up in our house, I'm like, IT! I know, I know. The printer! I know. Yeah. No, it's you used to be an HR person. Yeah. Anytime something inappropriate happened in the office, everyone would be like, pokey! <laughs> that's how That's how inappropriate things got. Yeah. But I think, like, I've, I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time, like, 
thinking about like quiet town and also, you know, trying to talk to you guys about it without being so annoying, you know, cause I'd love to talk about business period. And I feel like we're sort of like our businesses are in stride. I'm just like a little older than you are. And so I feel like all the things as that are business. going on as a business, I was say, life is, let's make it clear, life they the are opposite. older than me. <laughs> but like, I remember saying something to you guys recently and it was, you know, cause things can get really challenging in small companies and especially as you're growing as fast as you guys are. And, um, I asked you guys a question and you both answered in such a way that I was like, they love this so much. And like, Michael, that is you too. Like, I know that it is hard, but like, you love it. Like you are, it, you love it. I mean, it's going to I know that that's like, like hard. Cause there's, it's, it's also, there's investment in both time and your own personal money, which makes you feel like you have to keep going even when things are really hard. But like, also there's just, there was just a look that was like, well, it's like you know, you know, our dog, we know, you know, you know, our dog, cause you, no you probably like our dog more than we do, but um, yeah, I love he <laughs> is such a pain in the ass, right, right? Like he's digging holes. He's ruined all of our furniture everywhere. We look, there is a shit mark, like just a chunk <laughs> missing because of this dog. But then, you know, he's sleeping and he's curled up or he's doing something nice. And then you're like, Oh my God, I love you so much. I mean, it's so like that, right? Like we've, We've given so much to this business. It is like another child. It's like yeah. a third child. I think also in like the worst possible, <laughs> most asshole, fucked up child you could ever have. But like when they do something good, it's so beautiful. I think also yeah. like I, I've been freelance for so long, and I do not do well working for other people. So I took it as an opportunity to have to like to not have to work for anybody. Also. I mean, I work for this one, but Michael, you touched on it before, but what would be, what, what are some of both of your thoughts, advice, takeaways, warnings to people who are thinking about, or maybe just starting to work with their spouse, life partner, whatever you yeah, want to call it. I mean, I think if you guys, honest. you guys can't see, but he actually put his hands out <laughs> around her neck. Um, safe space I think the okay couple things I think real talk like related specifically to working with your spouse well related to starting a business also like we were talking we talked about this definitely bringing separate skill sets to the table is huge like mm -hmm. we do and we don't it's like sometimes because at the end of the day the two of us just want to be running the creative side of the business right like mm -hmm. the branding the the creative direction, the marketing, like that's what we believe we do best. But you know, when you're such a small team, you can't do that. So I think bringing separate skill sets to the table is huge, right? I think working with your spouse or your partner, I think one really important thing is learning how to separate it all. And that's the hardest part. It's is like- Is it even possible? It is and it isn't. I mean, I think that there, look, the last two plus years of the pandemic, it's been virtually impossible. But when we look back on our life in Brooklyn before the pandemic, it was easier to have another life, right? To yeah, have so other things. Because we were both freelancing and working for other people. We but had even that like, like forced separation. Mm -hmm. split. Right. But now we're all in. I have pants on today, you guys. And that's <laughs> because I was going to see you. 
But like, there are days where like, I mean, I feel I feel bad for Michael. But like, I'm in sweatpants and like socks and sweatshirt and no bra and no shower for for a couple of days. That's not hot. Like that's like. Well, when when we met Michael and we were like, all right, we're going to be I'm super duper gray close. Gray. <laughs> He's rocky. I'm a gym teacher. I actually today. had like a big jumpsuit on because I thought you guys were coming and I was like waiting like a puppy by the window waiting for you guys to arrive. And I'm like, well, they're not going to be here by noon. And he's like, they're not coming. And I was like, well, I'm going to go put on sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for your pants. I mean, I think that's it. That's but Michael, yeah. I want to just, yeah, because it's an important point. I remember like when we met you, when we like got closer and you were having like a winter Michael moment. And you were like, and I said to Lisa, if you wear those sweatpants one more day. <laughs> I mean, I said it again recently. I'm like, I like I lose my shit on a regular basis because of his business. But also, like, this is a this is a um, right. This is a uh, what's the I forget the word I'm looking for. But this is because of the pandemic that we're all sitting around in sweatpants all day, right? Like before in Brooklyn, it was like even days like to Lisa's point, like yeah, we were freelancing, we had other things going on. But even the days we weren't, right, like we were ships passing in the night a lot of times. It was like, all right, we started out working at home. We had an office six blocks away, but it was like, okay, I'm going to run to the gym and I'll go to the office and then I'll see you back here and then I'll see you there. And then we would like, and then we had a babysitter so we could go out for dinner. And then, you know, we had more going on. So I do think it's a product of this pandemic that has kind of put us into this place where... I lose my shit on a regular basis where I'm like, I can't do Michael this. Michael quits every Monday, by the way. But it's also like I quit life every Monday, you know? Like I, <laughs> I want to give up on all of it because it all feels too hard. It all feels too stressful. And it's like maybe sometimes I use the business as an excuse because I, I agree with you, Jack. Like I do believe that there's passion there, you know? Like I'm, I'm definitely like when I'm on to something, I'm on to something, you know? It's like when I want something, like – it doesn't stop until I get it, you know? Um, so, so I do have that side of me, but I also like wonder if I, you know, well, do I even know what the fuck I'm doing? You know? So we'll, well, well I want to say, an, okay, keep oh, going, this is what good hosts do is talk on uh, above each other. Right. So I want to say that when Jack and I were really, I would say at the lowest point of our working relationship, which, which was, was the which, lowest point of our marriage Which was as affecting well. our, our marital yeah, relationship. General relationship. We, he would walk home, get in the house, and I'd be like, oh, him again. <laughs> he'd, come, yeah. he'd come home, and I'd be like, oh, him again. Yeah. So that's out there. That's I had to say it now. twice just yeah. to tell you that. Yeah, just to make <laughs> it super clear. Um, I had to land it. So we started going to see a marriage counselor in Manhattan, and we would go you know, once a week or whatever. And to your point, Michael, the best thing he said to us was like the basically put us on a path of delegation. And it to what I was saying before, like it was really hard for me because like, you know, I knew what I was good at, but being the founder, I also had to like drop into all these other places. I'm in financial meetings, I'm in marketing meetings. I'm like even sitting in on design sometimes. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like so I know. And I was guy. like, get out. But I had to be like there Commenting sometimes. on color? Like, get out. Yeah, I know. Are you sure that that yellow is going to match that green? It's so get true. out. It is still our best-selling backpack ever. Just get out. <laughs> continuing to hammer it home. Hammer it home. As she's... So, but I would say when we when we got that advice and and when we were really pushed to figure out that delegation and like figuring out how to 
how did he call it? Compartmentalize or it was like yeah. really, really figure out like, Buckets. you know, how yeah, to stay in Buckets. our lane. Yeah. It was, I would say it took a major turn for the mediocrely better. It wasn't like it was a drastic improvement, but it definitely felt like we were giving each other space. And I mean, we were sit. we had a, a decent sized office in Soho and we were, Jacqueline would sit like by the door and I'd be like a football field away. Like basically, like it felt like we, I mean, yes, we would, we would come home and we would see each other and it would be like, you know, we'd seen each other all day, but it was also like we hadn't. And it was, uh, it was, it was weird, but it actually worked. It was a little bit better, but I also think, and I want you guys to weigh in on this part too. Like when we went to that marriage counselor, actually, it was very helpful because when, when you start a business, you think you have to do all the things, which Michael, you actually are doing like all of the things that you necess- you didn't necessarily think you were good at, right? But you're doing them and you're doing them well. It was very hard for him to accept that he couldn't do all the things. And so when you start to, like when we were in this marriage counselor situation, I was like, stop trying to do all the things that you can't do and let's bring someone else in who can help. And I think that was the game changer too, because I didn't want to see him like floundering about stuff, you know, and I thought that he could put his efforts towards something that he loved and that he was good at and would help the business go forward. And I feel like, Michael, you're like flying the plane while you're learning in so many ways. Yeah. And I think that that's the position we're about to get into, right? Like we're about to take it to the next level with experts, you know, um, in their fields, right? And work that I'm like actually looking forward to like giving up and maybe just being more of a consultant on. Um, but also like is to back up a little bit with working together as a couple, we've been doing it on and off for 20 years. I mean, we've done countless photo shoots together, you know, and we always, I think in that world always worked really well together. Like we just, you know, you, because though, right. When you really break it down, I had my role. Lisa had her role. We had like hair and makeup and they had their roles there were, and nobody like, tried. The right amount of right. people. Nobody, there were people. Right. Something happened. Nobody tried to yeah. take on someone else's role. And we do that now. It's so funny. Like, right. We have this brand that you guys know that we've done like little shoots for and they trust us to like go out and do it. And we're doing like multiple roles and it, it, it works. I mean, the, it, in the end, it's fine. But it, it always starts out like a little shoot. No, it's, it's <laughs> crazy because we, we learn. It's like, it's just so many stories about like, you know, also like that moment of like, what the fuck? It's like every time myself and my assistants, you know, or Lisa would lift a 200 pound clawfoot bathtub into the back of my car so we can go do a photo shoot. We'd look at each other. Well, maybe we wouldn't look at each other. I would be like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Every time we lifted a 200-pound bathtub, I was like, why are we doing this? It's like, I say this all the time too, right? Being that we have these other sort of successful careers and we've earned, you know, things in life career-wise and then you start a business and you're doing all of it. And it's like, sometimes I wonder, like, when do I not have to lift that 200-pound bathtub anymore? Like, is that ever going to happen? You know, I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day where – um, it was actually Anna, and she was telling me about how she turned to her husband one day and like asked him like, "When can we say we made it?" You know, right. like when can you say we made it? 
I don't know. I don't know. You know, because like I was saying, like, all I really want is stability. And then she said, well, what does stability look like to you? And I said, chaos. (laughs) Well, they had this most amazing quote. I just actually, you guys have to turn, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe not, but I turned this on to this morning for this guy named Alan Watts. Um, I'm going to plug him right now for all you philosophical people out there. Check out Alan Watts. I mean, I guess he's pretty well known in this philosophy world. He, he's, Passed away in the seventies, but um, but it was like this would be a real turning point in his career. That, that well, that's true. Right he there. lived like in he lived in Marin County, actually. Um, yeah, but he was like he was basically saying that like everything's going to be okay, but getting there is not going to be. But that's the fun of it, you know. <laughs> He's like, and I was like, what an amazing quote, right? Like, yeah, it'll be yeah. fine. Getting there is going to be miserably impossible, but like that's the fun part. And I'm like, but that's life. But that's the part right. that is life. To be, we're all. Right. I mean, everybody talks about this. Like, what is the, what are we like? What is the end game? Like, what are we working towards? Like, and while we look so far ahead, like everything in between is is life right. and living. Right. And, like I, that's why I think the pandemic is like let's let's have fun. <laughs> on that plane, you know? And you know what I think <laughs> also, I, I just post. like sincerely want to say that it means a lot to me to hear you guys say those things about the work you see I'm doing for our business, because I, I can tell you that I don't feel that way. And this is a really good, important thing for people. Seriously, if they ever hear this, who want to start a business, like I don't ever see the work like that ever, never. I wake up stressed out and freaked out about it every day. And I go to bed the same way. I never feel proud of the work I do. So to see and hear it from the outside, it really, you know, people that know me and stuff and see what we do, like it means a lot to me because I do believe that I need to hear that sometimes because I don't, you go through these motions, right? Day in, day out. Like we get on our computers and we're just like, it's chaos all day, every day. And then the kids come home and you're just like, did I do anything today? Did I do any, Michael? If, if know, there's any, if if you've said anything that really hits for me, which is you know a lot of things, what you just said is like it, it it hits me so hard because my whole role at the company since the start has basically been like all the money we are able to generate, I literally throw out the door to really? like to donate sure. and to give back to, and so like there's there's so much misconception and so much lack of understanding or clarity about like what I do and like how hard I work and how, and how the, the effort that I put into it. And like, I think for me, it's been a struggle because of all those things, the fact that I work so hard and I'm so meticulous about it all, but it doesn't, it doesn't generate like Mm -hmm. business. And so that it's like, it's, it's like I'm speaking another language, whether it's to my, parents or whether it's to PR people or whether it's to like, you know, investor type people, like they don't get it. That's what my world felt like as a stylist too, because I wasn't a merchant or a buyer, you know, the people that were actually like turning things into actual money. It was just adding value. We were just trying to make things more beautiful. But, but that's, like we yeah. couldn't say, look what I did. I made this X, you know, turn. And that cloud. goes back to bringing people with the right skill sets on because some people's job is to literally generate money. Some people's job is to take that money and do like you do really good with it. Like, you know, or just to like make sure there's money there. Right. It's like as a freelance photographer for so many years, 
one of the things that I think hindered my career from being more successful was not having a good understanding of that the days that you're not shooting and earning money are the days that you should be super productive because that's what's going to get you that next best job. job. Yeah, and for you guys, for State, the thing that really like is the heart of your brand is the give back and like that needs to be fed as well. And as an outsider, Scott, like we feel the same way, like what you guys said about what I do, like what you do. I mean, when you were here the other day talking about, you know, Camp Power and just some some of the details about what you did and how many kids you helped, like it's so impactful and it's so major. And I do think a lot of times people need to hear your story because they don't know, right? And they don't understand. It's true. But we yeah. feel the same way about what you do. Well, Thanks, Michael, man. I have a question for you. What's your title at Quiet Town? <laughs> um, actually, oh no, that was we had a great title for Sarah that I'd come up with. I think, I'm I, asking you to prove a point. I'm oh, asking you that question. Yeah, I mean, particular I don't like, have a title. If I had to like give a real title when people like you're filling out paperwork or business stuff, I mean, I call myself like the co-CEO or co-founder, but like I don't consider myself to have a title, you know. But because you do so many things. Yeah, but also I think truly. But no, that's it. That's the thing because you do. So no, I know, many but all yeah. Jack, like that's your, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like Jack, what's like your you, title? You Just as for comedic purposes, go ahead. Your title like takes 45 minutes to say. Co-founder, CEO, and creative director. <laughs> <laughs> what's left? Like, Jack? Right. What's left? Well, that's the thing. Like the other day on a call, she was like, "I'm Jacqueline. I'm co-founder, creative director, and CEO," and everyone was like. Is, that, is she kidding? And I was like, do you have a question about any part of the business? You can ask me because I'm probably yeah. <laughs> doing totally. it. Well, my, I think one of the signatures that I set up for myself when I was first like, you know, logging onto Shopify and setting out those like automated emails, it was like for a return, right? It was like, you know, sincerest apologies, like Lisa, director of like all things terrible director of apologies like like everything everything how about this okay i have another question i want to hear and and the philosopher one is good but i don't know if that's the one you'd want to go with for like an entrepreneurial twist but like what's a piece of advice or something somebody has told you guys along the way mentor or just like a casual statement that really stuck with you and you guys continue to kind of feel and use to this day? I just, I'll quick. By way of Scott Tittleman from Susan Tittleman, you got a mouth user. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites, but we have lots. Go we ahead. have a lot. Um, it's a good one. When it I worked with one. Mickey Drexler at Madewell and J. Crew, he would always say, it's not fun unless you're making money. That's the fucking truth. Right? Which is very true. That's the truth. I mean, we have like someone, one, one, quote someone gave me in the industry was like if you can get 90 day terms you never have to take investment which I thought was always I mean you take it with a grain of salt right but it was like I was like oh wow that's an interesting way to look at it or and then um, what about what about this one <laughs> I don't think it's any kind of like basis it's for just a philosophical anyone to quote. jump off of quote. and start their own business off but Michael and I when we were living in San Francisco like 20 something years ago um I was repping a jewelry designer, don't ask, and her stoner husband, which will always go down in our mind, we'll never forget him. We were in a store we in Mill Valley. We don't know if he was actually a stoner. Yeah, he definitely was <laughs> super duper high. And we were in this store in Mill Valley, and he was like, ready, one, two, three. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know shit about, about shit, but, but this, this is, is cool. cool. 
Like we just will never like she had this really pretty store and setting it up. He just like looks around the room and he's like, I don't know shit about shit, but this is pretty cool. So like we say that all the time because we literally <laughs> don't know shit about shit. Right. Um, and it was when what our business took it to the next level, but those are good ones. We have we we um asked one of our advisors who has been around for 135 years, I think he's been in this business. I think he's been doing the, the raising he's money He's done work. every single business and he's done every single marketing initiative and had every single problem that you've ever had. And so he knows. Yes. Yeah. So for this podcast, I had, him, Sounds like I had him send me a few of his go-to. And now a word from our advisor. I had him send me a few go-to like pieces of advice and just touching on your raising money point, I just wanted to play this one. You do know that you keep raising money just to satisfy those investors who are only interested in top-line growth. You will eventually lose control of your business. Well, let's end this. Let's end this first episode, which, by the way, just cracked the hour-long mark, which I'm not surprised at all. But let's end it on a positive, and let's hear from you guys what's exciting what's ahead what we can be looking forward to as mega fans super fans of quiet town well i just want to say one thing um the first thing is that michael is going to get to hand over bill paying so that's like <laughs> incredible. big points big points he's that's only going to get like every other monday now and then I've retired the pocket account. protector, guys. I've retired the pocket protector. But for quiet time, from a like a like what actual people will care about perspective. <laughs> um, let's see. We are launching two awesome new curtain styles. I'm so stoked about. Like, ama- like I'm really, really jazzed about it. Um, one of them is for for our recanvas collection, which is our upcycling, um, ongoing upcycling project. And I think everyone's going to really like that. Um, we're also launching these new cool bath uh, kilns that are textured um, and, and kind of talking into kids and parents and bath time um, a bit. Lots and lots of color and texture. Um, maybe and a new product. I have a top secret. Yeah, year, we have a top secret product that we're maybe. working on, but we need someone to give it. It's safe here. It's no, safe. don't share it. Don't share it. Make them make them follow yeah. you. Go to your website daily. So good, refresh. So good. Um, I think that's and like the biggest thing, right? New, we have a new sauce coming out. <laughs> we're doing it's a combination of like Tabasco and barbecue sauce, but that's. <laughs> It's I'm hot an Alfredo sauce. Girl. We have a new sweet hot sauce coming out. That sounds amazing. Um, you know, while you're in the shower. Most importantly, most importantly, not official yet, but the four of us will be living on the West Coast in a short while, which is very true. exciting news. True. I think this is a nice little song to. Yeah. There you go. Well. Thank you guys. Lisa Bye. and Mikey, fine. <laughs> you guys have really brought it today. And Thanks, guys. <laughs> appreciative that you guys spent the time and i guess we'll probably see you in a few hours <laughs> halfway to dick guys we're halfway to dick stop recording and then hang out on this like video yeah yeah, yeah. true yeah. true all right i gotta come over and get all right we're gonna sign you. off guys thank this you guys awesome. thanks for having yeah you thanks guys. for having us